Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. It's 105 in uh, Edmonton. We are going to have a concept week coming up uh, starting Tuesday, Wednesday this week. Last week, of course, it was our Oilers uh, champion series, and we were pleased to have Grant Fuhr on the show along with Kevin Lowe, uh, Steve Smith, and Craig Simpson. They were all uh, terrific. This is Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour... Uh, and we are, we have Brian Lawton on the show once a week. Uh, Brian, of course, longtime personal connection to uh, Dave Tippett, the Oilers head coach. Wouldn't surprise me at some stage if Dave ended up uh, doing the show this week as well. Of course, last week, Ken Holland uh, joined us along with Leon Dreisettle on Thursday and Friday. But we are pleased uh, from the NHL Network as we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino to welcome back to the show. Uh, for a number of years, he was a Hockey Night in Canada Canada analyst. Uh, he is currently on the NHL Network. Kevin Weeks. Hello, Kevin. How you doing? Awesome. Great. Thank you. Uh, given given the circumstances, more importantly, everybody's healthy uh, down here in in Jersey and in Florida, and family back in Toronto and Barbados and Alberta are doing very well. So that's the most important thing. What about you? Well, you, you know, hey, we're doing okay. Uh, you know, my family's probably seen a little bit too much of me of late. Uh, we we have one dog and three cats, and I will tell you that the three cats have all settled down for some reason. We're nice. trying to. F- I think it's you know what it, I, I think it's my my voice. I think that's what it is. It's just a re- it's it's a really mellow, patient voice. I was going to say it's calming. It's a calming voice, yes. Uh, yeah. Rob, Rob Dom, who was the head coach of the Golden Bears, used to tell me that uh, nobody could put people to sleep like my voice. So uh, there you have it. But uh, <laughs> that's a uh, natural ambient. That's a natural ambient right there. You, there you go. You, you mentioned Calgary, and we've talked about this before. You got a personal connection. You spend a little bit of time in Alberta every year. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. My girlfriend and her family are uh, are from Calgary, and uh, family there, Red Deer. Um, family in Whitehorse as well, in different parts of Alberta too. So yeah, spend time up in Calgary. Try to get up there twice a year, depending. Yeah. On the season, and always there around Christmas between there and spend a little time in Banff as well. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, we split Christmas between Alberta and then on her side of the family, and then Toronto on my side of the family, and then get to the Stampede. But unfortunately, it's canceled this year due to unforeseen circumstances with COVID. But yeah, yeah. Uh, real big personal connection with that area up there for sure. Longtime NHLer Kevin Weeks is an analyst uh, for the NHL Network. And, Kevin, one of my frustrations is we don't get the NHL Network in Canada, but uh, I love uh, when traveling with the Oilers. And I just finished year 12. Well, I finished year 12 of the regular season uh, with the Oilers. Uh, there we go. Yeah. And uh, love uh, love watching the NHL Network in the States. Look, uh, 
yes, the situation is what it is. How much was your, uh, you know, was your phone blowing up over the course of the last uh, couple of days? Because you know, you you you've experienced things that I'll never experience. Uh, I would think as a, as an African Canadian, and I'd kind of sure. like to get your perspective on all that. Yeah, I would say my phone's gone crazy. Um, what a day, and and so. What's so nice about it, I would say in the tough circumstances, there's so many great people that have reached out, uh, both personally, like personal friends, people I've grown up with, I've played you know, minor hockey with growing up. Some of their parents have reached out. Uh, just so many other people that I've never even met before, quite honestly, since the advent of social and the ability to message on social. So many warm responses from a lot of different hockey fans uh, that I've met or that watched me on TV or that saw me play or whatever the case may be that I've never even met before. We're very kind and empathetic. And then uh, different players and different people around the league, too. Uh, some superstars, two superstars, just to respect our uh, our relationship. I won't divulge their names, but they're two of the biggest stars in the game that reached out. So I think the biggest thing is, uh, for me, what was interesting is, yeah, I had a unique, a unique front row seat in terms of my parents emigrating from Barbados uh, to Canada and growing up and, playing minor hockey back home i always played for the toronto red wings and our teams were always very very diverse so you know be it russian ukrainian greek uh spanish filipino italian you name it irish you name it white canadian we had it we had a real melting pot of teams since i was eight years old and then growing up from eight until midget I, I never really had, you know, I think we had a couple instances on the road at tournaments, but for the most part, people were so great to my family and I during that experience. And that was to my mom, my sister, and I during that time in the 80s and early 90s. And then, uh, as I share with you, once I got to the OHL, kind of changed right. a little bit. For the most part, my teammates were awesome in Owen Sound and then Ottawa my last year in the OHL too. Uh, in Tier 2 with St. Mike's Buzzers, prior to me going to the O, they were great. And then we had some fans, the odd knucklehead that was in the, in the stands that would say, you know, shout epithets, or the odd knucklehead player that I was playing against that would shout epithets, which uh, was hurtful at the time, of course. And then in the minors, I didn't really have much in the AHL and the old IHL. But then once I got to the NHL level, yeah, there were times where there were fans or, um, you know, the odd different media person that would call me by the wrong name intentionally to you know, try to get my guess they figured, try to get my goat or try to get me to respond and would ask questions in a way that were always antagonistic in a sense. And in addition to that, having a banana thrown on me, thrown at me uh, during our playoff game in the series against the Montreal Canadiens in the, in the Bell Center in Montreal against the, the league's most his, historic and storied franchise. There, there are numerous things that have happened to me that way, directly and or indirectly. And those are the types of things that, you know, parents and loved ones and family and friends should never have to experience. And let alone me, I should never have to experience that. So those things are hurtful. Uh, you know, it's small-minded. They are uh, needless. I always say that. And my parents always raised us to see the great in people and good is good and quality is quality. So hockey is an incredible sport. I still think it's the best sport on the planet. You know, we don't look at Gretz, the great 99. We don't look at Gretz any differently because he's a Polish-Canadian um, and because he's from Brantford, and we don't look at him any differently because he played in Edmonton. You know, those are all things that made him great and helped make him great and helped make him the great player and ambassador to the game that he's been. 
So, you know, I love the game. My family loves the game. Um, you know, as Gret says, everything my family has, we owe to the game and this great sport. So we'll always be that way. We'll always feel that way. But we also need to continue to expand upon making arena safe for grandmothers that are there, whether you're in Airdrie, whether you're in, uh, you know, Whitehorse, whether you're in Timmins, Ontario, whether you're where Sid's from in, uh, in Cole Harbor, wherever it is, uh, or here in the U.S. in whatever city, you know, it's important that kids, parents, grandparents, siblings, players, coaches can feel safe to come to an arena because arenas are things that bring people together. Stop. You know that yourself. Yep. You know, having been through all the different rinks at different levels that you have, you know, there's something about having a, a hot chocolate and or going to the snack bar and getting a hot chocolate and or a coffee that unifies people and our game is a unifier. So, you know, we want to be able to do that in our game, but also in the societies that we live and serve. They're not mutually exclusive because I think that, like, life in hockey slash sport intersect. And it's important to do that in the communities we live in, but it's also equally important uh, to do that in the playing surfaces and or the playing venues as well. So it's really important. Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network joining us. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Kevin, the incident you mentioned at the Bell Center in Montreal, I know that uh, here in Edmonton the Oilers had Mike Greer, and uh, there was somebody that said something they shouldn't have, and Dougie Waite got really upset. And that's right. what Doug Waite, he was the Oilers' best player. And uh, multiple players got upset. Did you have teammates, you know, have your back in that situation going, what the is going on here? And, you know, yeah. is, it, is it one that you had to handle alone, or did you have some support around your group? You know what? When you look at the class and the character that we had in that group, uh, when I was playing Carolina at that time, uh, we had the great Ron Francis, the great Rod Brindamore, who coaches the Canes now. Ron Francis is running NHL Seattle. You know, our great general manager at the time, and Jim Rutherford, who's a Hall of Famer. Ronnie Francis is a Hall of Famer. Rod Brindamore, as I mentioned, doing a great job with the Canes coaching, but I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer as well. He deserves to be based on his playing resume. Um, Sean Hill, Glenn, Glennie Wesley, for a lot of you out there. Like, so many of those guys are right high-character guy. people. Yep. Uh, Paul Maurice, our coach, who's our head coach, who's, you know, coaching with the Jets now, the best NHL head coach I've had to date. We just had so many great people. Even the PR guy, Mike Sunheim, who's still the PR guy for the Canes to this day, he messaged me. He was one of the first people to message me this morning, uh, ironically enough. So, you know, that's when I say I go back to my parents and my upbringing and saying that quality people are quality people and. When you get into difficult situations, um, it's nice to know uh, on a human side, even though it came in a, in a playing venue, it's nice to know that that level of character translates over. And I had everybody in that locker room behind me just the way, you know, Gersey did with, uh, with Dougie Wade. Wade. And, you know, yep. I'll just I'll expand on this because it's a little bit personal, but I'll expand on this for the listeners. You know, the great architect of the Oilers is the great Glenn Sather. And I had a chance to play for Glenn in New York and, you know, him and my agent, Paul Theofanis, are, have developed a really good relationship. And this past Christmas, we were, in, we, were at, we were in Calgary, and we went up to Banff, and Glenn and his lovely wife, Ann, were kind enough to have us over at the house. And I was there with, uh, with my girl and her family. You know, we were there, and they took us into their home in Banff, and one of the first things we started talking about was just inclusion. And this was, like, impromptu. And Glenn was talking about it, and I was like, Mr. Sather, you know, you know, I know this because the Oilers have always been at the forefront of inclusion in terms of their teams and the makeup of their teams. You mentioned the great Grand Fuhrer, 
Polky, Freddie Rathley. I mean, Anton was an excellent player there. Greerzy had an excellent career and played a very long time. He's an assistant coach now with the Devils, as you know. Uh, you know, Sean Brown, different, but Jujar Kara right now. I mean, different players, Walking Gage. There's so many different players from different backgrounds. Of course, Yari Curry, all the European players that have played there over the years, French Canadian players. So that's one thing I've always said this, not because we're on this radio, but I told Glenn, Mr. Sather, this and his wife this. Uh, the one thing that the Oilers have always done is they've always had players, and they just get players, whether you're Alex Hemsky or you're Jason Strudwick, who's from there, doesn't matter. They, they've always had, uh, they've always wanted the best players. And to me, they've kind of been a beacon team uh, from the standpoint of having people from different backgrounds on their team. And I have a lot of respect for that. We're joined by Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. All right, Kevin. Uh, I, you know, I think you did a, a unbelievable job explaining to our listeners your perspectives on things, and I think that's awesome. Uh, I, I want to switch a little bit of focus and pick your brain here as a, an yeah. NHL Network analyst. What do you think the chances are that we're going to end up playing some hockey? And uh, you know, where would Edmonton sit in terms of uh, being one of the pods? Well, I think that as far as let's, let's do it first off, let's, let's reverse the question because you and I talked about this too. You know, I, I think it'd be awesome for the game and I think it would be great for fans. I think it would be great for, you know, the community and the country if Edmonton is able to be one of the host hub cities. I really do. And I say that because the facility is world class. You know, Daryl Cates has built an outstanding facility. He's helped transforming downtown. Uh, you shared with me, you know, with, with the hotel available and all the amenities that are available now, they are world-class. They really are. And with as much history that was in old-school Rexall and Northland, you know, this transformation now into what is Rogers and with the technology that it has, it's, it's up there with the best venues in the world, especially as far as an arena goes. So I think it'd be great for that reason. I think the players would love it. I think it'd be great for the fans and a lot of the businesses and people there in uh, in Edmonton and Alberta at large, I think it, it'd be awesome. You know, it'd be amazing. Like, just think of all the local restaurants. It's not as though players are going to would order room service all the time. You know, right. guys that want to get stuff from the local steakhouse, they'd want to get stuff from, you know, the local Italian spots. They'd want to get stuff, you know, lunch from Earl's, the odd time or whatever it is, albeit more healthier options off of their menu. <laughs> you know, uh, just as an example. You know what I mean? So, uh, I think that the benefit wouldn't just uh, wouldn't just extend for the players and the league personnel, but I think it'd be great for the province. And I got to say, you know, Jason Kenny's done a, a great job, and the Oilers ownership group have done an outstanding job. Um, I see that Rachel Notley is has just been very outspoken about it too, and I love the fact that they're putting their bid forward. I, I think it's a viable one. I certainly think it will be among the top ones that are considered in the West probably along with Vegas, just based on that kind of that yep. area geographically. Uh, Chicago is a little bit more Midwest in location, although they play in the Western Conference, although you guys are playing against them yeah. in that first round. But I think the chances are great. I think they're as good as anybody, just based on world-class facilities and and the, the passion for the game and the history of the game there. So there's that to be said. And also uh, some of the governmental support, as mentioned, through Kenny and uh, Rachel Notley. I would then say, and the fact that it hasn't been a hotspot. You guys have done such an amazing job there in uh, in Edmonton and Alberta in general in terms of such a low amount of cases given uh, the population there. In addition to that, I would say 
what are my thoughts? I, I, I'm an optimist, and I would, well, I'm a realist, but an optimist. I would say that I'd put it at north of 70% that we see hockey backed off. I really would. I'd put it at north of 70%. And, you know, we had Commissioner Bettman on the air. We were live on the NHL Network, of course, being the league right. channel when he had his address last week. And we had him join us on the air. I've spoken to him off air. And, you know, like you, uh, we speak to a lot of different people around the game. So, you know, there's logistics. There's real-life situations. There's Mother Nature. There's Father Time and COVID and, and unfortunately, some of the riots now, too. Uh, but hopefully, I would say a 70% chance that we can see a return of the NHL. And boy, oh, boy, when it returns, I think it's going to be awesome. I'm pumped. I'm with you, and I want you just to maybe shed some insight as a former NHL goaltender. Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network joining us on Oilers now. Bob Stoffer with you. Uh, you're th- if you're Dave Tippett, first of all, uh, who do you start, Mike Smith or Miko Koskinen? If I'm Tip, I'll start with Smitty. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me just take that a step back, Stoff, because I'm going to get wound up now. First of okay. all, the Battle of Alberta is back. That's the biggest thing for me. Never mind. So, and the Oilers are back. They, Tip has done an outstanding job. He, you know, I had a chance to speak to him when, when you guys were here, or not here because we're down in Florida right now, but when you guys were at Madison Square Garden playing the Rangers, uh, I had a chance to go to that game and, and speak to Tip both game. He's done an outstanding job. I went in the room. Listen, Gretz was telling me in the middle of the locker room, Madison Square Garden, in the Oilers room, that he's pumped about this team. That was early in the season when you guys were there. Yeah. So if games 99 in. is pumped with your team, uh, obviously he knows a thing or two about, about stick and puck, I would say, in playing. Yep. So, so he wasn't wrong. And all that to say, you know, Tip has done a great job. Smitty and, and my man Jimmy Neal, I call him Jimmy Neal. James Neal, I had him on my Instagram at Kev Weeks about three weeks ago. He was raving about the team as he did when I saw you guys at the Garden. So the transformation of the Oilers this year, you know, and I know they're much more complete. You know, it's not a one-line team anymore. Um, they're more of a complete team. They do a better job defending. The, you know, the special teams is inside top five. The power play has been best in the league for the majority of the year. The penalty kills Austin, which means guys want to block shots and defend. And they're more of a four-line team right now. So with that said, I had to put that out there just to be fair. Yes. But I would start with Smitty. I would start with Smitty. Smitty's been great. Costin has played well, too. Uh, but Smitty's ability as a veteran guy, his ability to handle the puck, especially now when guys might be a little bit rustier right off the top or maybe their timing or space might be off. Hey, listen, you get Smitty back there, he handles the puck as well as Darnell. That's not a knock on him or cleft bomb, but he can make his reads and help the D get the puck out of the zone and help the oil not spend as much time in their D zone and allow McDavid and Dreisaitl and Yamamoto and, and Nuge and those guys to go on the attack and go on the offense. So I'd lead right now with, uh, I'd lead with Smitty right now if I were to. Uh, the one final question for Kevin Wakes from the NHL Network. Just a quick rip on, uh, you know, Chicago made a des- decision uh, to trade mm-hmm. Robin Lehner. Corey right. Crawford and Lehner, ba- they basically sure. had, this, they had the same save percentage except Lehner won more games. Um, right. Give me who would I mean the Oilers would have two options in goal, which could matter in a five-game series. What did you see out of Corey Crawford this year, from your perspective, Kevin? You know what I I give Corey Crawford a lot of credit, man, and I've been a Corey Crawford booster because a lot of people were hating on him when he first came in, and he's become an outstanding goalie. I love Crawford. His nickname's Crow. 
Uh, he battled. When he got back, keep in mind how long his layoff was from that injury. And when he got back, you know, I spoke to their goalie coach, Jimmy Wade, and it was a slower progression, but they had the benefit of time for your point that you just made because they had Robin Leonard. And Robin Leonard was money for them. Remember, they were giving up like 40 shots, like it was candy going to Max Milk or going to 7-Eleven. Um, they were under siege for the first part of the season, and Leonard was great for them. And that allowed them to kind of ease Corey Crawford in. They didn't have to rush him into playing too many games in a short amount of time. And Corey Crawford ended up hitting his stride and finding his groove and looking like himself, which is great news for the Hawks and great news for him. But they, and I know this for a fact, they thought they were out of it. That's why they traded Robin Leonard. And to Vegas's credit, because now Vegas has got future Hall of Famer Marc-Andre Fleury, and they also have Leonard, to your point. Um, and now I think from, from Chicago's standpoint, as long as Crow stays healthy, he's going to be excellent in the net. He's really, really good. He's an underrated goalie that's had a very good career, and he's won multiple times. And then now I think for Malcolm, in terms of playing him behind Flower, when Flower was healthy, Flower's going to play all the time, or the majority of the time. And I think, you know, obviously they got Robin Leonard now, so that eases that for them. But Malcolm played the majority of his games in instances where Marc-Andre Fleur was injured. Right. And I think as a young guy, and I can kind of harken back to my time, the only way to learn the league sometimes is by being either sink or swim as a young goalie. And sometimes you got to play games. A lot of people, if you look back and stop, I know you and I talked about this. Yep. Even for Devin Dubnik, he was an original Oilers pick out of Kamloops. And Doobie did say what you want. He got the benefit of playing and playing a lot of games for the oil. And even though some people didn't think that he played as well as, as he actually did, that benefited the start of his career to get the opportunity to play a lot of games. So I think for Malcolm, he'll be able to play a little bit more regularly in Chicago should he resign there than he would have in Vegas, which will help his development. But specific to this series and the goalie matchup itself, you're right. The Oilers do have two viable one options. And at this point, the Chicago Blackhawks have an excellent one as well in Corey Crawford, but Malcolm's still in a developmental phase for sure. Hey, uh, Kevin, we're getting lots of positive uh, texts coming in from your parents today. Uh, people greatly appreciate you taking time to join us on Oilers Now. Uh, best of dealing with the situation down there. And we look forward to uh, touching base down the road and, uh, and having you on the show once again. Stop before I leave you. Thanks so much for having me on. Yep. Appreciate you having me on as always, man. Thank you so much for being an advocate. And uh, appreciate all the other fans that are NHL fans and NHL fans in general. And I would also say this, stay positive, stay upbeat. And Stoff, I told you this offline, but I'll echo this to the to the listening audience. You know, I know that it's a tough time right now and ONG, as you guys call it, oil and gas. But the same innovation, the same resilience, and the same uh, entrepreneurial spirit that you've been able to show around oil and gas or agriculture you know, you can do that in other things in Alberta as well. You know, you can continue to innovate and, you know, whether it's tech, whether it's bioscience, whatever it is, you can channel some of that that you put in oil and gas um, into a lot of other areas and continue to, to be great. Just kind of channel that into other things as well and kind of round that out a little bit. So uh, stay positive through the tough times. As mentioned, I have family that works in, in the oil patch and I understand it well. So stay positive and stay upbeat and stay together and stay united and let's be people first that's most important awesome stuff kevin great words thanks for your time stop anytime man thanks so much 
All right, that's Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network, longtime NHL guardian. Uh, it is 128 in Edmonton. We'll go off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Recalibrate with Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports at about 136. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.